Thank you for joining us for Breakthrough with Pastor Jason Stanford. Breakthrough is a place where you can find community, encounter Jesus, and discover purpose. Please take a moment to like and subscribe so you don't miss a single message. Let's go straight into the service recorded at Breakthrough Church in Cookville, Tennessee. Enjoy. God, as they do that and you're prepared to, you can go with me to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Thank you, Lord. Romans chapter 8. This morning, I want to talk to you about divine guidance. Divine guidance. What job should I take? Who should I marry? Should I marry this person? Should I even start to date this person? Should I move there? That'd be a better first question, by the way. Okay, I'm just saying. Should I move there? Should I take that job in that other city? What should I do about this problem at work? How do I resolve this conflict? All these are questions. What, what do I do about this struggle in my life? What do I do about this direction I should take or this one I should take? What do I do about all these things? These are all questions that, that I've had to ask in my own life before. These are questions that I imagine that many of you have asked yourself before. What, how awesome would it be that any time that you had a question, you could always get the right answer? I mean, who wouldn't love going through school and every class you had, every, every test that you had, you always knew the right answer. You'd always have the right answer. You'd always, you, you just, the professor automatically always, here's the test, here's all the answers. So when you go along, one, one, this one right here, they, you just, that's how you do it. What now? Glory be to God. Anybody say, anybody sign up for that? Amen. <laughs> Even if you hated school, you'd be like, I think I like that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, in life, life asks us a lot of questions. But there is one that knows every right answer. And he won't withhold that answer. He wants to give it to us. Absolutely. And that is our great God. Hallelujah. And he wants to lead us by his spirit to the right answers of every situation in our lives. Amen. And so this morning, I want to talk to you about receiving divine guidance and being led by the Holy Spirit in every area of your life, yeah, in every situation of your life. You know, the Holy Spirit will lead you. He won't just lead you in spiritual matters. He'll lead you in natural matters. He'll lead you in anything that concerns you, anything that you have need of. Listen, He, he is there for, to be our help and to be our guide. Hallelujah. In everything as we're going to see. Romans chapter 8, verse number 14. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. We could say these are the daughters of God or the children of God here. These are the people of God. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the children of God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Divine guidance. Well, if you want divine guidance in your life, you need to know how it comes. You need to know how, how it takes place in our lives. 
And God leads and guides his people by his spirit. We know that our God is three in one. Three in individual and distinct, yet totally perfectly united together. The Father, the Son, the Lord Jesus, amen, and the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. And here the Bible says, for all, for all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the children of God. This tells me something about, if I'm, if I'm a child of God, this tells me something. That we are called to follow God's leading. We are called to follow God's leading. That's number one you might say here. We are called to follow God's leading. And that is a departure from our lives before we knew Jesus. Right before you knew Jesus, you just you went on to doing anything you want to do with your life and what you want to do with your life. And just really, without you really realizing, obeying the impulses of your flesh and desires of your flesh, as Ephesians 2 would tell us. And we just went about this way. But you and I get born again. If we're not careful, we just compartmentalize Jesus and we think, well, our spiritual life is just one section of my life. But, you know, I have all these other life, right? My school life, my work life, my relationships and home life and all these other kind of recreation hobbies, just things I want to do in my life. And, and then, oh, yeah, my spiritual life's over here, too. And it's just it's apart from everything else. But that's not what it means to be a Christian. To be a Christian is to be a follower of Jesus. Amen? And all of a sudden that means that Jesus is sort of in that center and he, he affects everything else in our lives. What we do here, what we do there, and should we do this, should we do not do that? Why? Because we and I are called to follow God's leading. After we get born again and we make a decision to follow Jesus, what we're signing up for is God, now you're in control. I'm the follower, you're the leader. We often say we need to confess that Jesus, it says in Romans 10, Lord. Well, we don't use that term Lord. We do in the spiritual context, but we don't in our natural vernacular. But they would have understood those titles, Lord and a person of authority and respect. We would use this word, leader. We'd all understand what it meant to be leader. We follow that person. They're the line leader. They walk that way, we follow that way, you know. They're the leader. They're the leader. If that's what they say we're going to do, we're just going to go do that. They're the leader. And what you and I, when it comes to faith in Christ, we're saying, Jesus, you are now the leader of my life. You are Lord over all. You are supreme over all. There's no one greater than you. And now you are Lord of my life. You are the leader of my life. Here's the reins of my heart. Here's the reins of my life. Direct me. And this is a place that every one of us need to come to and be in our lives. And realize this, we are called to follow God's leading in our lives. It wasn't designed that you and I would pray an isolated prayer one day, receive Jesus into our hearts, and then there would be no other communication for the rest of our time on this earth until we hope that we meet him one day. That wasn't how it was designed to be. It was from that moment forward, he wanted to begin to interact with you and speak with you and, and, and live life with you and begin to help you walk out this journey on earth to bring glory and honor to him and to bring the greatest fulfillment that you can experience in your life. We are called to follow God's leading. It says here, for all who are what? Being led by the Spirit of God. These are the sons of God. One of the defining characteristics of the children of God is that they are led by God's Spirit. They are led by God's voice. It's a defining characteristic. You know, if you are 
I mean, you think, what do children do? Sons, daughters, children. What do they do? Listen to their parents' voice? Yes. We hope, right? <laughs> now, we all know there's moments where that didn't happen that way. But by design, is that not a typical, typical, healthy, relational, designed by God environment? Is that right? The child listens to the parent's voice. Now, they might not want to when you tell them to get in the car. They may say, no, I don't want to go get in the car. But when you get in that car and start it up, shut them doors, roll them windows. Now, they're going to change their mind most of the time, right? Isn't that right? No, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. I'm, don't leave me over here at the mall. You know what I mean? Don't leave me here, you know, whatever. But they're designed, what? We're going to listen to our parents' voice. I mean, that's the voice that we respond to. In fact, I've been before in, you know, situations where you're in a playground or you're in a, you know, a fast food establishment and they had a little playground or, or, or you're in a mall and they got a little play area or whatever. And, and, you know, the parents are all there on the periphery and all the kids are in the middle kind of playing and going at it. And all of a sudden, you know, you're kind of p- p- putting things together. And then uh, you're thinking, man, who does that kid belong to? You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, man, I mean, you know what I'm saying? This and that and all this kind of thing. You tell us, oh, wait, that's mine. Hold on a second. Get, get over here and calm down. <laughs> but you're sitting there and you're thinking, you kind of just, you know, just sitting there, whatever. You're just waiting and letting them have all the energy out and whatever. And, and you kind of just wonder, well, I wonder who belongs to who and so on and so forth. And well, one of the parents will call out. They'll cry out their name or call for their voice. Come over here, you know, and uh, let's go, whatever. Well, When that parent calls that let's go, not every kid just gets up and comes over there and goes. No. Who is the one that does that? Their child. Why? They're responding to their voice. And all of a sudden, what child belongs to what parent was identified by which child responded to whose voice. And the same thing should be true for every believer on this earth right now. It ought to be shown and known and revealed as we walk among people who don't serve God, but yet we serve God, that we're serving someone else. We're responding to some other voice that the rest of the world is not responding to. That's why our lives look different from their lives. Why? They're responding to a whole other voice we're not responding to anymore. And they're definitely not responding to the voice we're responding to because they don't know that voice. They don't have Jesus in their life. And so it should be defining characteristic. It should be a separator, if you will of those who know the Lord and and those who have not received Him yet. Because these, these are the sons of God, the daughters of God. Those who are, those who are what? Being led by the Spirit of God. Not those that were led one time a long time ago in their life. No, those that are being led. That we right now in a continual present sense, we're being led by the Holy Spirit in our lives. That word led there means to take by the hand and lead. Literally has the connotation, I'm going to come and grab you by the hand and I'm going to lead you where you need to go, where you need to be. This is the direction. Well, how does God lead us? Well, He definitely leads us by the written word. If we know what is in the written word, then we know that's one measure and direction of God's guidance. But He also uh, leads us by the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the living God on the inside of us. And we know the Spirit of God will never violate what's the written, on the written, the written word, the Bible here, because He was the agent by which it was breathed upon men of old, the Bible says, to record such words. So there will always be an agreement. There will always be an alignment. So today we're speaking, though, about being led by God's Spirit. And one of the reasons why we aren't led by God's Spirit as much as we need to be is we're not depending on Him enough. 
We just go out in our lives trying to make every decision, large or small, based on our knowledge. But you know what? Our knowledge is always limited. And His knowledge is unlimited. So we must allow His input, desire His input into our lives. John chapter 16. John 16, verses 12 through 15. Jesus said this, I have to His disciples. He's preparing them because He is going to go away. He, is, he knows He is preparing to lay down His life. So He knows the dynamic of the relationship with His disciples is going to change. He's not going to be presently in a physical sense, upon this earth anymore. So he begins to talk to him about the Holy Spirit. And he says, I have many more things to say to you. Notice that, many more things. But you cannot bear them now. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will do what? Guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak of his own initiative. But whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me. For he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that he takes of mine and will disclose it to you. Hallelujah. This tells me this truth that the Holy Spirit will help each of us receive more from Jesus in our lives. See, sometimes people, well, I, I believe in Jesus, but I don't know about the Holy Spirit. Well, whether you know it or not, when you believed on Jesus, the Holy Spirit came to live in you, whether you recognize that or have any knowledge of that. Now, certainly there are experiences with God that He wants us to bring us into with the Holy Spirit that are subsequent to or after that moment when He comes to dwell upon us, but that's another message for another day. Here we're talking about the Spirit within. But the truth is, People could, good meaning people can want to love Jesus and follow Jesus without, without realizing that if they close themselves off to the Holy Spirit, they will limit their relationship with Jesus. Because Jesus told His disciples, I still have many more things to tell you. But how did Jesus say those things that He wanted to tell them would come? By the Holy Spirit. When He comes, He'll do what? He will what? guide you. He'll guide you into all the truth. He said, there's some things you need to know. But right now, you can't quite handle them all. Right? You can't receive them all. It's much for you right now. But there's coming a moment when the Holy Spirit will come. He will guide you. In other words, literally, to show you the way is what that word guide means. When He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will show you the way into all the truth. It's a very similar word to the word led. In Romans 8, 14, he'll take us by the hand and he's going to show us the way. He's going to shine the light on what each one of us should do. He says he'll guide you into what? All the truth. Not into anything false, but into what is true. The Holy Spirit will never violate anything that we find in the written word of God. So we need to embrace the Holy Spirit and his work and his ministry in our life. If we want to experience life with Jesus to the fullest. But let's go back to Romans chapter 8, our main text this morning. And look at a couple of keys. A couple of keys to increasing our awareness of the Holy Spirit, to experiencing an increase in the leadership of the Holy Spirit in our lives. If, okay, I, I want to be led by the Holy Spirit. How? Where? What does that look like? How is that? Let's look at that. <clears throat> Romans chapter 8. Verse number 14, for all who are being led by the Spirit of God, <clears throat> these are the sons of God. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, 
But you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. Verse 16, the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. <clears throat> if you want to <clears throat> be led by the Holy Spirit in a greater way, in a more frequent way, then you need to become more aware of your own spirit. <clears throat> now we're going to pack that here in a minute. Become more aware of your spirit. Become more aware of your spirit. You think, well, now, I thought we were talking about the Holy Spirit. What does it mean to become more aware of my spirit? I mean, we're getting there. It says here in verse 16, the spirit himself does what? Testifies with our spirit. Notice that. Let's read that verse 16. The Spirit Himself testifies with our body. No. Didn't say that. The Spirit Himself testifies. We can say lead. The Spirit Himself leads or testifies with our emotions. No. It says the Spirit Himself testifies with our minds. No. Didn't say that. It says the Spirit Himself testifies with what? Our spirit. Notice that. Our Spirit. Our spirit. Our spirit? If we're not careful, we just grow up because this is all we see, right? We look in a mirror, we have these eyes, they, you know, they, they're, they're working. If, if you know, we, we're, we're seeing this, we're seeing that, whatever. We're, or, or we're touching ourselves one way. I mean, we feel this body and we think this is us. We are this physical body. The truth is you and I are not this physical body. If you and I were this physical body, then we'd be in trouble when this physical body decided to pass away, when it, when it gave up, because we know it begins to decay and break down and be destroyed. So we'd be in trouble. But we are more than this physical body. He says right here, the Spirit Himself testifies with what? Our spirit. Our spirit. First Thessalonians, we'll come back to some things here. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. It says, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. And may your, notice this, spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, says these direct words. May your spirit, your soul, and your body. Notice how he breaks down the nature of man. Next down the nature of a person. He breaks down what makes up a person who walks this earth. He breaks down what we call a human being into a spirit, a soul, and a body. There are other places in Scripture I could reference. Uh, we won't turn there today, but you know, Peter calls it the hidden man of the heart. He delineates it. Uh, the Apostle Paul, in another place in Corinthians, he says the outer man, this physical body, it's perishing, it's dying. We all know that. You might look good now, but the truth is we probably all looked a little bit better 30 years ago. Myself included. Now we still look beautiful in our age, but what's really happening? Why is that happening? Why? That's just natural. Why? This body will be destroyed. It, it can't live forever on this earth anymore. Sin entered in. Things begin to, 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 to work and, and have a problem and have an issue. And all of a sudden, that's why things begin to fade away. Now, we don't have to fade away to that very moment, right? We don't have to get broken down. We can be strong all the days of our life on this earth. Believe for long, healthy lives. Amen? Yes. 
But here he says, your spirit, soul, and body. He breaks it down. You are more than just this physical, earthly tent that you're in. This French priest, one of my favorite quotes concerning this comes from this long ago. This French priest had this understanding. His name was Tilhard de Chardin. And this is what he says. He says, we're not just human beings having a temporary spiritual experience. But we're spiritual beings having a temporary human experience. That is very true. We're not just human beings having a temporary spiritual experience. But we're spiritual beings having a temporary human experience. Oh, glory to God. How true, how true that is. So become more aware of your spirit because you are a spiritual being. You have a spirit. That's the real you. That, listen, that's a part of you that will never fade away. It'll always endure. Why is that? Because we're what created in the image of God. In John 4, Jesus said God is what? Body? God is physical? God is flesh? No, He didn't. John 4, God is spirit. God is spirit. So you and I interact with God via what? Our spirit. And so the Holy Spirit comes to live in us. That's what happens when you and I get born again. When we receive Jesus into our lives, our spirit is reborn. It's made new. We've become a new creature in Him. Glory to God, a new creation. And all of a sudden now the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of our spirit. That's one thing. Again, there's a secondary experience with the Spirit of God that the Lord will want us to have. But primarily, firstly, that happens in us. And so now all of a sudden, the Bible says something here in Romans. Let's go back to Romans 8, verse 16. The Spirit Himself, what does He do in our spirit? He testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. He testifies. He testifies. Other various translations will say this. He bears witness. The Spirit Himself bears witness. Or the Spirit Himself testifies. The Holy Spirit, one of His roles, not His only role, but one of His roles is as an agent of communication to us. And the Holy Spirit testifies in our spirit that we are the children of God. What happens is you and I get born again. When you get born again, don't, do you remember when you got saved, got born again? When man, glory to God, man, did you feel good? I mean, did you just feel a weight lifted off of you? All of a sudden, the things that just was on you and you was guilt ridden about and you know you messed up here, all that just sort of stayed with you. All of a sudden, you got born again and glory to God, I just feel free. I feel clean. I feel whole. I feel alive, glory to God. Why is that? Because all of a sudden, you know you're made new on the inside. Your spirit's made new, glory to God. And it's saying that, but not only is it saying that, the Spirit of God's on the inside of you now. And it's also saying the same thing. Yep, you sure are a new creature. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It's confirming what's happened in your life. Become more aware of your spirit. And we're going to talk about this next step in a moment that will help us do that. But the Bible says here the Spirit bears witness or the Spirit testifies, communicates. With our spirit. we got to learn how to look on the inside. When you and I are trying to make decisions. God what should I do here? What should I do there? And this and that. We can't try to think our way to a solution. He's not, he's not operating up here. He's operating down here in the core of our being. 
and our spiritual heart. Lord, what are you saying down here? We've got to begin to look on the inside. We've got to become more aware of our spirit and that we are spiritual beings. Because this is where he's communicating. He's not communicating. Well, it just, I've, I felt like doing it, so I do it. That's a good way to miss God. I mean, I'm talking about feeling. Well, I just felt it. I had this overwhelming urging. I have this feeling. Well, God doesn't communicate to you truth in your feelings. Your physical flesh, that's how, you, that's how you sin in the first place was this thing. You know what I'm saying? And obeying this, making the choice to obey its promptings, as Ephesians 2 tells us. So we don't want to be led down that path anymore. We want to be led by the Spirit of God. And He dwells in our spirits. And so that's where He's going to communicate to us. But we've got to learn to look on the inside. There have been times I'm making a decision. Boy, I could just go over example, example, example. I'll share some examples where uh, I, I, I've known the Lord to tell me to do some things or not do some things. But I'll just say this on the front end. Listen, any time I have ever violated that inward witness, that him bearing witness on the inside of me, I've made a mistake. Every time. Not, 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 not possibly one or two. No, no, no. Not that way. I skated that when I got away with it. No, 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 no. Every time I made a mistake. Learn to follow the voice of the Holy Spirit in your life. Amen. So very important. Because he's down on the inside of us. Remember, there's times. The word there testifies. Might use the word confirms. You know, he just... It's there or it's not. Uh, you, I mean, it, it's when I begin to think on a certain direction, I'm trying to talk about how this works in practical terms. I, I'm praying about a direction. I'm considering a direction. When I'm thinking about it, I'm, my mind's on it. My heart's focused on it. If I feel good about that, like on the inside, I feel like, yeah, that's it. I mean, I just, yeah. There, there's just this peace on the inside. There's a confirmation in my spirit about it on the inside of me. The Holy Spirit bear witness. That's the way to go. That's the way to go. That's the way to go. And every time I ever follow that, and the reason why you got to learn to do this, because a lot of times to your mind, many times, not every time, sometimes it all lines up, right? What you think and what the Spirit thinks all lined up. And honestly, the more you renew your mind, the more you'll see that happens. But when you're trying to follow the, follow the Spirit and your mind's not renewed to Scripture, you'll have more competing things going on there. It's not in your mind. Your mind might be thinking one direction. You think this is rationally has to be the what I would do. But if, and it might be on the inside. It's like, don't do that. Choose this thing. It might come to a job you're praying about. And you've got two different job opportunities. You think, well, I'm going to take this job. Or I'm going to take that job. Well, now this job, I mean, it might even make more money. It might seem like it's better hours. Who knows? Now, that might be great. And most of the time that is great. But there might be other things you don't know about. And this other job, you know... I don't know. It don't quite make as much, but I don't know. There's more promise there. I don't know. I just, you know, and all of a sudden in your mind's like, well, I mean, obviously you got to take this one, you know. If all you're doing is looking at natural things, you take this one. But yet if you pray about it and bring it before the Lord and really get quiet before the Lord about it and he starts directing you, no, 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 this is the one. This is the one. All of a sudden you're going to have to train yourself to follow the Holy Spirit and train yourself to follow your spirit in these decisions because your mind's going to tell you go another direction. Brother Hagin tells a story, Brother Kenneth Hagin, he told a story of this man who became very, very wealthy, a very wealthy businessman investor. I always love sharing this story when I'm talking about these things because it's so, 
um, typifies the success if we'll follow it. So he was approached with lots of investment opportunities because he's wealthy. He has, you know, money to do that and invest in things. So all kinds of business opportunities. And so he was relaying to Brother Hagin how he had really come to be wealthy and to have done so well in life. And it's because, it's because he said, I, I take whatever opportunities come my way. And before I do anything, I pray about it. I go before the Lord and I take it before him. And I don't ever do anything before, without the Lord telling me that's the, that I should do this or I should do that. I should not do this. I shouldn't do, I shouldn't do that. So on and so forth. He says, I'll have these opportunities. And their opportunities, I think, are slam dunk. Absolutely, you, can't, you cannot not make money on it. I mean, it is just that perfect an opportunity. So why wouldn't I throw money at it? But I'm in there praying about it, and I think, no, no, don't do that. I, I, I feel it. I feel, the, I feel the breaks. I feel the check. No, don't do that. Then I have another opportunity. I think, man, I don't know. This looks like a losing proposition. I mean, all the numbers here, everything lining up looks like they're headed for one thing, and it isn't good. It's going out, you know? But I feel the inside. Invest in it. Be a part of it. So I'll do it. And all of a sudden, over the course of all my life and doing these things, I've seen the ones that maybe have looked good. Not all always. Sometimes they look good and they are good. But I've had some that look good, but I didn't because the Lord said not to. And whatever, something happened that went belly up. And then yet I put money in the ones that looked like they were losing propositions, but the Lord led me in that direction. I did it and they'd have a great turnaround, glory to God. And they'd be on the up and up and up. And that's how I really come in to my wealth. Hallelujah. Being led by the Holy Spirit in his life made all of the difference. And what God will do for one, he'll do for another. Amen. Could he tell you this is the right job to take? Could he tell you is this the right investment to make? Could he tell you this is the right thing to do with your money? This is the right thing to purchase. This is it. I ask the Lord over things like that sometimes. Lord, should I buy this? Should I buy that one? You know, if you get the big purchases and things like that, should I buy that home? Should I buy that car? Should I do this? Should I do that? Should, should, should we do this thing? Why? Lord, you know what will make me happy, even if I don't know what would make me happy. I mean, you know if it'll be satisfying to me or not. You know it'll, be, it'll work out good for me. It'll be blessed long-term for me. What is this? Ask the Lord these things. Begin to train yourself to depend on His voice instead of just your own knowledge and ability. Now, that doesn't mean that we throw our knowledge aside. It doesn't. It doesn't. But we're not just trusting ourselves with it. There was a time something came up and we had an opportunity to go and do something. And on the surface, man, it looked good, man. It looked good. I mean, it, was a, it was a deal. And man, it, all right, man, this is going to be, this is going to be it. You know what I mean? Let's do it, you know? And man, I tell you what, it looked like all systems go, but I just could not get on board with that. I mean, I just felt like on the inside, no, no, you don't need to do that. Don't, don't take that opportunity. Don't sign up for that event. Don't, don't go there. And it was a, it was kind of a trip that was sort of, being offered or whatever, and it was greatly reduced and helpful to us. And on the inside, I just thought, nah, I shouldn't do that. Well, a few weeks later, I found out why I shouldn't have done it. Some of the things turned around and came up, and I realized, no, I needed that money for something else. Now, what would have happened? <laughs> had I just done that, and then I'm like, this shows up, and I'm like, oh, man, Lord, Lord help me. Now, I mean, now, he's merciful, glory to God, but I put myself in a lot greater strain of a position. But you just got to listen to the Holy Spirit. There are times in our life, each and every time, what bears witness or what doesn't? If you're thinking about something, it's on your mind, you're focused on it, you're saying, Lord, what about this? And every time you think about it, you just start, it makes you feel even more and more uneasy. More money. Listen, he's not testifying to you. That's a good way to go. Follow the peace in your heart from God. Check on the inside of your life. Man, the stories I could give. But we've got to learn to stop 
living a 2D life when you and I should be living a 3D life. And so many times people live a 2D life, soul and body. But we should be living a 3D life, spirit, soul, and body. With our spirit leading the way. Now lastly, what would help us experience divine guidance in your life? Learn to get quiet before God. You have to learn to get quiet before God. Learn to get quiet before God. Learn to get quiet and focused before Him. You know, we live busy lives. You know, we're just, in a, generally speaking, we, in our society, it's busy, right? Run to and fro. And that, that shows up in a lot of other areas of our life. You know, our minds are racing. Everything's racing. Everything's going. And there's not a lot of downtime, not chill time, not... I, I'm just unhooking and disconnecting, right? We're always wired and connected and all these things. We're always, something, we're always receiving something from somewhere all the time, right? Because of our phones or something most of the time, right? We're just, stuff's happening. But if you want to be led by the Holy Spirit and you become more aware of your spirit, you have to learn to get quiet before God. You have to learn to get emotionally quiet mentally quiet. You know, you sit, can't sit there and pray and come before the Lord and the whole time your mind's on all these other things and, and you're not going to hear. Well, it's like this. Have you ever, have you ever been in a, a room before and multiple people talking but you're trying to make out this one person talking to you but, you know, everybody else is talking to you and you're like, I can't hear, I can't hear, I can't hear. You're tell- Why? you got too many voices are going on. So I can't hear clearly. Or you ever, you ever been driving down the road in the radio station and whatever, it got, it got too close, two channels got too close together and they started intermixing their signals and what was happening, you know? One minute's talking, one minute's singing, one minute's talking, one minute's singing. I mean, you know, what's happening? We're not dialed in, we're not tuned in. And what happens in life is we got so many inputs, so many things happening that we can't hear clearly. We're not learning to get quiet before God, be focused before God, and look on the inside of us. We'll get it before Him in prayer, and oh man, we're so tore up, and it's all emotions, and it's all, there's a place in time for that. But if you want to hear God, you got to get quiet emotionally, you got to get quiet mentally, so you can hear from Him. And you might even have to get quiet physically. Now, I like to kind of walk and pray. I kind of like to do that. But at some point when I really need to push in, I can't walk and pray no more. Why? Because i got to keep my eyes closed. I'm going to run into something. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or I'm trying to do it and I'm counting off the steps. I know 12 steps I better turn around. But now what am I doing? I'm trying to hear from God, but I'm really counting steps. Because you know, hey, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So sometimes even, there's been times in my life I've even had to stop even a physical movement. So I've got, I'm quiet before God. I'm not having to think about where I'm walking. I'm not thinking about what I'm doing. I'm not having to pay attention to anything else because you get distracted, right? Look at, look, it's painted that way. Why is that? You know, because all of a sudden you're looking at stuff. The devil's there. He's going to help you get distracted, you know. You've got to learn to get quiet before God. You've got to learn to shut everything off. Get right here quiet before God so we can hear. We've got to learn to listen internally instead of worrying about everything that is happening externally. The problems, the situations, the problems. I'll leave you with this. Statement, there there are certainly other things we can do. And there's things that you and I can do to strengthen our spirit. We need to feed our spirit. That's another, uh, we're not going into that. That's another important, important thing to hearing from God. Make make, Make the presence of your spirit stronger in your life because you fed it stronger. But I read this uh, illustration or this this story that I read one time. 
Uh, I didn't read the man's book, but I had read this um, illustration that he gave. But uh, his name was James Hamilton, and he wrote a book called uh, Directions. Well, he was talking about how uh, back in the day there was this man who had a, a really nice watch, but he went into this ice house. You know, way back in the day before we had what we have today, they had these ice houses, right? And everything lined up and so on and so forth. And so then they had, you know, sawdust floor and so on and so forth. And so this man was going in there to get some goods and, and things of that nature. And well, he, he lost his watch. And it was a very expensive watch. And he couldn't find it. It dropped into a big old bed of sawgrass somewhere around this entire huge ice house they had. And they didn't know where it was at and couldn't find the thing. Literally could not find the thing. And he had other people coming in there helping. They're all frantically looking for the watch and digging through and looking for the watch. Could never find it. Could never find the watch. With all, here are all these guys going in here looking for this watch, turning over everything, cannot find this watch. Frantic, talking, do you see it? No, I don't see it. Do you see it? No, I don't see it. I don't know over here. I'm trying over here. Don't see it. Well, one day one of, these, one of the children heard about it and said so-and-so lost his watch in there. Oh, he did lost his watch or whatever. And so everybody's out of the ice house, so he went into the ice house. He's going to look for that watch. Well, he went in the ice house, and you know what? He found the watch. He found it. He found it. And so he came out with this watch and said, look what I found. I found. They said, well, how in the world did you find this? Listen, every one of us couldn't find it. We're, I mean, we're adults. We should be looking better than you. And we couldn't find it anywhere. How did you find the watch? He says, well, it was real simple. I walked in there. I sat down in the sawdust. And I got really, really quiet. And I heard the watch ticking. Glory to God. <laughs> Glory to God. How, I thought, how much does that describe our lives? Man, we're running, we're racing, trying to decide, trying to do this, trying to do that. And, and all of a sudden, I, I, man, we're going, to, we're going to pray and we're going to do this, we're going to do that. We're trying to figure it all out. When all we really need to do is get quiet before the Lord. Amen. So we can hear, not the watch ticking, but the Spirit talking. Yes. Amen. Any who come. Glory to God. We're going to close out this morning just by taking a moment. Amen. How many want to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit more in your life? Glory to God. Now, it can be strong and it can seem like sometimes it's somebody around you and it's definitive, but it'll be on the inside of you. That's where we're looking for. It just seems good to you. It's just the impression in your heart gets a confirmation. That's right. This is the right way. It's the voice of the Holy Spirit. He'll lead you and guide you. Glory to God. And He'll train you. Ask Him to do it. He'll help us. Hallelujah. He'll help us. He'll help us. He'll help us. Stand with me, if you will. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you for joining us for today's message. Please take a moment to like, rate, and subscribe. This helps us reach more people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and ensures you will never miss a message. For more information on Breakthrough Church, please check us out on Facebook or email us at info at findbreakthrough.com. Breakthrough is located at 480 Old Kentucky Road in Cookville, Tennessee, and we would love for you to join us in person. Services are at 8.30 and 10.30 on Sunday mornings and 6.30 Wednesday nights. We offer ministry for all ages and look forward to seeing you soon.